Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. A vast universe exists within and beyond our reality. What we realize with our five senses is but a tiny fraction of all that is real. The universe is not a product of matter and energy, but it is a projection of consciousness and energy. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm Joe Wegent. Your guide and advocate as we remove the blinders of our everyday lives and experience together all that exists out there in the world beyond our world. Welcome to the show, my friends. We, again, are going to be talking about energy and how it relates to the things that we think are our ordinary, everyday world. 30 years ago, actually 30 years ago this year, I started training in the martial arts. And at that time, it was simply kicking and punching and blocking and just it was a uh, a means of prolonging a fight and if we watch modern day movies today we see guys punching and kicking each other for two or three minutes straight and no one ever seems to lose a fight until the script says that somebody needs to finally stop fighting but martial arts never started off that way martial arts started off as a as a piece of a larger puzzle that included everything about the way of life and our guest today has a, a broader and a, a, a better view of that than I do. He has been training in martial arts for far longer than I have. Our guest today is Chris Thomas, who currently lives in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Chris has studied the martial arts since 1970. He holds a ninth degree black belt in Ruku Kempo, 
He holds a seventh degree black belt in Ishinru Karatedo. He has practiced Tai Chi Chuan for nearly 40 years. He is an internationally renowned teacher and he has taught in a number of different countries. He is the chief instructor of Kyushu Jitsu Kayu, uh, Kinkyukai, and he produces the Masterclass with Chris Thomas, which is an online video instruction program, which provides its subscribers with exclusive content. And at this point, it's over 200 videos on pressure point fighting, traditional weapons, Tai Chi Chuan, with real fighting applications, Ruku Kenpo, Ishinru, and self-defense re-scripted. His video blog, Reflections from the Masterclass, is available on YouTube. Chris is a leading expert in pressure point fighting, including uh, Jitsu, and he is the co-author, along with George Dillman, who is the preeminent expert, on a series of books on pressure point fighting. Thomas's articles and essays on martial arts have appeared in publications around the world. As a leader in the martial arts community, Chris Thomas routinely convenes testing boards of grandmasters to conduct examinations for advanced ranking. He also organizes training events which bring together the world's most respected instructors of Kaiyushu Jitsu. Chris Thomas himself has taught seminars on pressure point methods and self-defense rescripted around the world. In addition to seminars in the United States, he has taught in France, Germany, India, Spain, Switzerland, Oman, and Canada. While on his second trip to India, Chris provided training for the cadets at the State Police Academy in Mumbai. After nearly 50 years of martial arts training and study, despite being highly regarded as an instructor, Chris Thomas continues to practice and study as a student of the martial arts. When asked about this, he likes to quote the great Pablo Casals. I think I'm making progress. So I'd like to officially welcome Chris Thomas to the show. Chris, how are you doing this morning? Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Always. I, I have been doing this for, for 30 years, uh, studying martial arts and energy and, and all these things. And anytime I can talk to somebody and learn something along the way, it's always a, it's always a, a victory for me. So I welcome you to the show. We're going to have some fun today. Before we uh, start really getting into our conversations, we're just about ready to head into a break, but I just wanted to welcome to welcome you to the show. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, energy and how it works with martial arts and Tai Chi and as a, a complete part of the way of uh, the East and the Eastern philosophies. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And I, I'm really seeing what, uh, what you can bring to our show today. I've got every one of your books. And so that's, uh, that's a start right there. So we are going to head off to a break right now, my friends. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Chris Thomas on traditional Chinese medicine, martial arts, and energy. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 
and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back, my friends, to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and today our guest is Chris Thomas, who is a master of the martial arts and the method of the meridians and Kyushu Jitsu. Chris, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Joe. It's good to be with you. You know, I've got every one of the books that uh, you and Professor Dillman have uh, put together over the years. And I, like I said, I've been studying this since 1987. And uh, this, is, this is a fascinating topic. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you get into this? And how did you, you, know, how did you get into the martial arts and studying this kind of thing? Well, when I started martial arts, it was my experience, just like yours, punch, kick, block, extend the fight. Um, I came out of a system, though, where the sort of the ethos was that you should be able to finish a fight with a single strike, and that was sort of the emphasis. But it was always hit him harder. You want to finish it with a single strike, hit him harder. And uh, it was, I think, after I'd been training for 18 years that I met Professor Dillman. I was invited to come to a seminar by a uh, um, an old dojo mate of mine from who I trained with uh, back in the 70s. And I walked in, and I had with me one of my uh, uh, students. And we walked in the door. Uh, I was, I think, at the time, uh, I had second degree black belts in Japanese Shotokan and also in Ishinru. And we were uh, we were wearing our Ishinru geese. My my colleague was a first-degree black belt in Ishinru, and we walk in the door, and Sensei Dillman, who I did not know and did not know his history, so I didn't know he also had trained Ishinru as his first style. So when he saw our patches, got very excited. Uh, we were like family to him. You're Ishinru, <laughs> he says. Uh, then he, he names a, a pattern of form, what we call kata, uh, from the system, he says, you know the kata seisan? I said, yes. He said, do you know this move? I said, yes. He said, do you know what it's for? I said, no. And then he grabs uh, my student and bam, just taps him on a couple pressure points and knocks him out, just lays him out. And, you know, here for, at the, at that time, like 18 years, I'd been training, trying to figure out how to do this thing where a person is um, defeated with a single movement, and I just saw it demonstrated. And I thought, I am in the right place. And it opened up everything in the martial arts to me because uh, I will always loved doing the forms, the old traditional patterns. They were very comfortable for me and made a lot of sense to me. Even if I had no clue what I was doing, there was something that felt right internally. And suddenly here I was seeing how those same motions I'd been practicing over and over again now made sense were amazingly effective, and it had the reverse effect that it uh, changed how I did movements. Because once you have a sense of how a move is to be used, it begins to shape how you perform it. And I realized that a lot of what we were taught was 
kind of wrong. We're, it gets stylized. It gets stretched out. It gets exaggerated because the people didn't really understand what it was for, and so it tends to become more dance-like or, or uh, you know, just sort of over overwrought in its performance, which is why you turn on now and you watch somebody doing a competition, and there's a lot of screaming and yelling and ridiculously low stances and um, and none of and no power and no strength and no manifestation of energy anywhere. <laughs> I, I like to call that gymnasticata. Because <laughs> they're bouncing around and jumping in the air and doing all these flips and turns and screaming as loud as they can, and I'm like, uh, that's that's not really gonna do a whole lot of good in a fight, pal. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know, it's uh, funny. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, as, as Cynthia Dillman first was introducing the pressure points to us, he kept saying things like, "Well, these are the same points used in acupuncture." Yes. And at first, we're just trying to learn a couple of points and make make them work. But, you know, I had been a uh, avid uh, consumer of martial arts literature. I have a pretty good library of books. I and I would buy just about anything and add it to my library. And I stopped. When I met Sensei Dillman, I stopped buying books on martial arts, and the books I bought were on anatomy and acupuncture. And that's that was the study that we went to. You know, we had we had the the movement, we had the physical technique. We just didn't have the understanding. And acupuncture really unlocked a lot of clarity for us in terms of how moves worked and how bodies reacted. And it, it's it's been fantastic. Uh, my teacher told me he said this is a lifetime study, and I've been at it for a long time. And I'm we. I'm always discovering new things that are unexpected and surprising. It, the rabbit hole goes really deep. I agree. You know, I, I met Dillman at a seminar in uh, 91. And at that time, I was a, a brown belt, and I had fought a lot of black belts and got hit pretty hard over the years and had never been knocked out. And he's walking around the room talking about how to read a person's body uh, physical structure to know where their weaknesses and their strengths are. And he took one look at me and he goes, Oh, look at this guy's jaw. And he, he's got this, he's got this big Superman jaw and he goes over and literally touches me on the jaw. And not only did I, you know, get knocked out, I flew my, I can actually feel my legs coming out from underneath me. And next thing I know, these guys are, you know, trying to get me to wake back up again. And I'm going, whatever that was, it was cool. And I want you to do it again. And, you know, here's the first guy who's ever knocked me out. And he did it by touching me. And I said, OK, I'm sold. What do you got to do? <laughs> well, and, and there you go. You just described uh, the attitude of a real martial artist, which is like this. Bam. Ow. That was great. Do it again. Bam. Ow. That was great. Show me. Exactly. That's why every time I ever went to a seminar, I always try to put myself up front because if there's going to be something demonstrated, I want you to do it to me first. I don't care if it hurts. I just want to know I can feel it. So that way, whenever I do it to someone else, I know what it feels like. When teaching, I tell people that um, this is an art. You have to you have to see it. You have to feel it and you have to do it. Not not always in that order, but those are the three things that are required to be able to perform it effectively. What fascinates me is that uh, nowadays, the, the way that the West looks at martial arts training, 
we we take this thing, you know, this black belt, whatever that means to us. And most most people in America now equate that to some kind of a, a bachelor's degree. You know, you have to go get your black belt before you can do anything else. But on the way to black belt, you've got all these different colors and all these different things. It never really existed in, in uh, the ancient martial arts world. But, you know, people, when I tell them that old masters only did one kata, and that's the only kata they did for their whole lives. You know, Funakoshi did Nahanchi, and that was the only kata he did for 10 years until he wrote the, the, uh, the Taoki's. And now we've got guys who are getting their black belts and they know 22 katas and they don't have a single idea what these, what these movements do. Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you're to the extent that your listeners understand, because we're, you and I are starting to use jargon. Uh, the, um, if people watch martial arts, they see folks doing uh, routines that you might call shadow boxing or sequences of patterns that usually begin with some kind of formal bowing or um, salutation and move through a bunch of movements and end. Uh, and so we in the martial arts refer to those as kata if our traditions are Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. We usually just call them forms if we're talking in a Chinese tradition, and I think the Korean term is punse. Um, but I never really trained Korean style, so their um, vocabulary is less familiar to me. Uh, yeah, and you're right. This is I, I spend a lot of my time when I travel around the world teaching is just saying to people, oh, here's this move that you have in your form, in your kata, uh, in your tai chi, and here's what it's used for. And the the startled reaction looks that I get from people is amazing but i know the feeling because i was there going oh my goodness that's what it's for that makes perfect sense and then after about a half hour how could i have ever thought it was something else exactly so how does um uh, traditional chinese medicine the, the pressure points the meridians the energy systems how does this apply to the martial arts how did it get from there to here well, so let, let's uh, consider a movement from a form. Um, you know, when you see somebody doing something, you, all you see is their body moving in the air, and and you wonder what's that for. You walk into, a, say, a karate school or a taekwondo school, and you see somebody raising their arm, their forearm up to about the, head, the height of their forehead. And, and what's that for? You say, oh, that's an up block. You're used to stop somebody trying to hit you in the head. But the minute you understand pressure points and you start looking at that movement, you realize that that movement actually has two components to it. There's a part where you're sort of winding up, and then a part where you execute that action and you raise your arm up. And if you look at that first piece and you say to yourself, well, what if a guy grabbed me by the lapel? And as I do that first piece, my arm strikes down on his arm, and I happen to hit him on a uh, a pressure point, which is called lung five, uh, the Chinese name is Chusei. Uh, and when I do that, his body starts to move and react from that impact. That's a vulnerable place on his body. It's a place on his body that, you know, if you try to poke somebody in the eye, they, they, they blink because they know that's a vulnerable spot. You don't think of a spot on your arm as being vulnerable. But it just so happens it is. When I hit it, the body reacts and twists and turns. And as I'm watching this person's body come towards me, I notice that their, their head rotates and their neck starts to stretch. And right on the side of their neck is coming right at me, like literally as if it's to say, 
please hit me here. <laughs> so I just take my forearm and I raise it up to politely oblige. And it turns out that what I hit is a point on the large intestine meridian, large intestine number 18, which is called futu. Well, I go, well, why did that point come forward? And now I go and look into acupuncture, and sure enough, the meridians, uh, lung and large intestine, are related to each other. Uh, they're, they're what's called a husband-wife, yin and yang pair. And so sure enough, I start looking more, and I see as I attack points on the lung meridian, points on the large intestine meridian, become vulnerable. And the same thing goes the other direction. And... Then I start to notice some other things happening in the body as well. Gosh, if I hit uh, the point uh, on the forearm just near the elbow called large intestine 10, the Chinese name is Shusanli, I start to notice that the head comes forward, and in particular, probably the same spot where uh, Professor Dillman hit you, uh, it's a point uh, called functure at stomach 5 on the side mm -hmm. of the jaw. It just like jumps out at me. Well, why in the world would that happen? Well, it turns out that as energy flows from the body from one meridian to the next, it follows a cycle, what we call the diurnal cycle. So it's always moving from one meridian to the next. And sure enough, when I hit this point on the large intestine meridian, which sort of obstructs the energy in that meridian, the stomach meridian starts to show up as a vulnerable target. And, and so what we see is that the principles of acupuncture, five-element theory, yin-yang theory, 24-hour um, theory, they actually start to show up predictively in how the body responds to everything that's happening. So I hit somebody, the body responds in a certain way that matches uh, what acupuncture suggests is going to happen. And it, it becomes like an algorithm that we use. We literally know where to look. Um, and I, it's incredibly convenient because you start to understand uh, how the body reacts to being hit in certain places. Well, we're going to get right back to that in just a second, and we'll let you continue with that thought. My friends, you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Chris Thomas. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, 
and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and this hour we are talking with Chris Thomas, martial arts expert and teacher. And when we went to our break, we were discussing how the energy flows from places in the body to other places in the body and by working with... From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. 
In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. The theories on how that happens, we can learn more about what it takes to stop an attack or be able to uh, uh, thwart some kind of other action that's being presented to us. So with energy moving from one place in the body to the other, and we are able to activate pressure points on the body, how does, how does, how do we know how to predict those things? Yeah, so acupuncture has a set of principles that are simply, they're just part and parcel of how acupuncture operates. I'll give you an example. Um, there's what's called the five phases or the five element theory. And, and this suggests that if you attack a certain, or if you put a needle in a certain point on the, on the body, you're going you're gonna to have effects on other meridians. Um, so I'll use large intestine again. We use large intestine a lot because it's on the arm, and if somebody reaches out for you, the first thing that reaches you is their arm. So we start with the points that are available because that's just smart and easy. Uh, but in acupuncture, you also tend to use the uh, distal points. So that'd be the points uh, that between the on the forearm and the hand and the points on the calf and the foot are the most common points used in acupuncture treatments. So when we look at a point on the large intestine meridian on the forearm, it has a characteristic called metal. Um, and so then we, we know that one of the things that's going to happen is that that's going to have a positive or tonifying effect on meridians which are characterized as water meridians, so that would be kidney and bladder. But it's also going to have a uh, what's called a sedating, or we might say a negative effect, on meridians that are characterized by wood, and that would be liver and gallbladder. So... What that means is that from a, if I'm talking strictly energetics, what I'm saying is that uh, hitting the large intestine meridian weakens gallbladder and liver, making them more vulnerable so I can actually follow up and hit them. There's maybe an easier way, though, to talk about it. Um, I call it acupuncture or pressure points for dummies. And it goes like this. If I hit the large intestine meridian, um, you can imagine, for example, that somebody... Uh, grabs me and I strike large intestine 10, very favorite point that we use a lot, and I get a big reaction. But if I look at how his body moves, one of the things that actually occurs is that his his butt will move away from me because we, his body is trying to protect, literally protect the organ of the large intestine, which is also referred to as the colon. It, it moves out of the way to escape. And while that happens, the body also then moves something towards me. It sacrifices something else to protect the perceived threat to the, uh, the organ that I'm accessing through the meridian. And what it sends forward is what I hit. And, and it turns out what it sends forward is what is weakened. So the uh, language of acupuncture becomes predictive for us. Now, this is a very important point because some people here talk about acupuncture and they talk about energy and they're like, oh, that's a bunch of new age mumbo jumbo hooey. Um, and even if I didn't believe in the existence of chi and energy, uh, even if I hadn't experienced that at work in my own life and practice, acupuncture would still be valuable because what the Chinese did was they looked at 
meridians, when they looked at pressure points, as in terms of how they were related to one another, instead of looking at them from the perspective of how things work, we in the West take a kind of a mechanistic perspective, you know, oh, you have a headache, what's the mechanism behind, behind the headache, how do we get the headache to go away? The Chinese look at relationships. They see the headache as being related to something else, and they're trying to figure out what those relationships are. So even if all acupuncture is is a language of relationships, it's still a predictive language because it bears out in how the body actually responds. And it turns out when we talk about pressure points, if I talk about an individual pressure point just by itself, and I'm teaching people how to use the point, you, you'd swear I was an anatomy teacher. You know, I'm like, oh, here's the tendon that connects the triceps to the elbow, and in the tendon there's a, uh, a place where a nerve and tendon uh, cells connect together. It's called a body, body of Golgi's, and this particular uh, spot in the body, that's a sensor that's monitoring the tendon, and if I activate it with this kind of a movement, it tricks the spinal reflex and it causes the arm to move in such a way that then I can lock it out into an arm bar. You know, so suddenly I just sound like you know I'm an anatomy prof talking about nerves and and um, tendon receptors and uh, fusiform fibers and all this kind of stuff. But as soon as I start talking about more than one point, I have to switch to a language that describes relationships. And the relationships, that's what acupuncture language is. So even without concepts of chi, uh, acupuncture language is incredibly rich and useful for martial arts practitioners because it gives us a sort of algorithm for calculating how a body's going to react. And I, I want to bring this back for just a second to the forms, to the, the sort of solo practice, because what happens when I do a movement in my solo practice, once I understand what it's for and I have this knowledge of acupuncture points and how they interconnect, I start to see my opponent's body moving um, with mine almost like two dancers dancing together, uh, or maybe more accurately, a, uh, a puppeteer and a, and a puppet, because my opponent becomes the puppet once I start hitting them. Their body moves in a way that conforms to the movement I'm doing, and my movement sort of gets it going and then receives their reaction and sends it in a new direction, and you can see them sort of fitting together, and it's a really remarkable thing. And this, by the way, is a clue if you're, somebody's trying to figure out what the meaning of their form is. The answer is um, if, if the way you move matches it, to your benefit the reaction of your opponent's body, then you probably have a pretty good application going on there. Well, let's, let's talk more about the application of chi because the the. Americans tend to want to divide everything into tiny pieces. Mechanistic is, is uh, the word you use. We tend to uh, want to specialize in tiny little bitty pieces of a larger framework, and you know, taking the Monet down to the point. Yep. And so the Chinese philosophy and Indian philosophy does not at all think in that way. Everything is connected like spaghetti. And so whenever you start talking about qi, you, you automatically have to bring in philosophy and religion and martial arts and medicine and psychology and all these other kinds of things. So how does qi weave all these different, what we would say, disparate pieces together into one philosophy? Yeah, that's, 
It's a fantastic question, and of course, the biggest problem for us is that we have no idea what qi is. I, I, I think that as as we talk about qi, we are in the same place that physicists are when they talk about um, what they call dark matter and dark energy. They they're pretty sure it's out there. They see an effect, but they can't measure it, and they don't have a clear definition of what it is. You know, what what do we have? We have we have a word qi, qi, prana, ruach. Uh, pneuma, uh, spiritus, this word across cultures that always means roughly the same thing. It means, on the one hand, spirit, and on the other, other hand, breath. But no real sense of what that turns into as a concrete reality. So uh, there's a, for me, there's a really helpful concept, which is comes from uh, Chinese martial arts, internal martial arts. They say yi leads qi, intention directs energy. And I, when I think that way, it's very helpful. So... You know, if I hit a pressure point, um, there's this process of teaching people how to how to do these techniques. You know, uh, first it's here's the point, here's how you activate it, here's the angle and direction, and you go through this sort of process of kind of trying to get the body to feel it, and then here's how the physical feeling is. But then there comes a point where you have to start projecting. We and we say project your chi. We have to start directing your intention through the point, and when you do that there's a significant increase in the effectiveness of the technique and it's measurable and people when they do it they're like oh my goodness that's just huge and that's you can't you know you can't describe that mechanistically and you can't break that down because what's happened is that you've you've committed some aspect of your being to that strike which is not your arm it's more than your arm there's a there's a deeper aspect to it. So the the movement of of intent through what you're hitting, that carrying with it the energy that we call chi, has such a, a significant component. I, I find that for myself, I, because I am a martial artist, I'm very much a pragmatist. Um, you know, if you think about theoretical physicists and engineers, you know, the engineers are the pragmatists and the physicists are like out there thinking about grand theories. Um, I'm, I'm the pragmatist. On the one hand, I'm more than content to say, I totally believe in the existence of, of um, what we call chi. I've seen too many manifestations of it not to. But even if somebody said, there's no such thing as chi, I'm like, I'm okay, because this still works. You know, what? maybe it's something else. It still works, and that's <clears> what I care about. And it has this profound effect, you know, in terms of a self-defense movement. But I also recognize in my own personal practice, it's healthy for me. And so as long as it works, I'm okay with, you can call it, you can call it Fred if you want. It works and it's important. And I'm going to go with that. I get the same kind of reactions when I try to describe Reiki to people about, you know, it's a, it's a healing energy and, and you can move it with your mind. And just like what you said, intention leads the direction, uh, ye leads the chi. And so your intention is what gets that Reiki energy flowing, that, that chi to flow and get, you know, balanced and corrected in another person. And I get the same reactions you're just talking about. Well, I don't believe in that. And I usually say, well, I don't believe in gravity, but I've seen it too many times to discard it. I also don't roller skate on stairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So even though we have this thing that we can't see, 
you know, we can still photograph chi. We've got uh, Kirlian photography where we can take photographs of the aura, and that is that's that's chi energy. That is our energetic body. That is, you know, the the thing that we're talking about today. And you know, there are devices where uh, we can actually narrow down pressure points. We can find them with pendulums and with uh, dowsing rods and those kinds of things. It's there. We can we can find it. We can actually we're, quantify it. We're actually seeing. Um more and more ways of measuring the location of acupuncture points in what we consider Western measuring tools. Um, acupuncture points are character, characterized by a difference in electrical impedance. And so uh, they, have, they have lower resistance to electric current as compared to the neighboring areas on the skin. And so there are methods to measure it using uh, potentiometers and things like that. But even recently, we've seen there was some research done. They think they might have identified an anatomical body, which would be exactly what the acupuncture points are. That's a That was just in the last year. There was some stuff about that. So, you know, we're getting closer to a place where we can say, well, here's a thing, here's a discrete thing. But, you know, talking about chi is a little bit like talking about mind. I mean, we, we know there's a brain, and we can see how the neurons work, and you can put somebody in a functional MRI, but you still can't locate consciousness and take a picture of consciousness. Exactly. We're going to come right back to that in just a second. Folks, you are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. We're talking to Chris Thomas. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, friends. You are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host and guide, Joe Wegent. As always, our show is produced and distributed by the ever-expanding leader in New Age, Paranormal, Alternative Health, and Supernatural Programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Relmar McConnell Media Company at their corporate headquarters and master control in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To learn more about the World Beyond Radio Show, your host, or to learn of a wealth of other amazing shows and hosts, please visit www.xzbn.net. To contact me or to inquire about being a guest on the World Beyond, please email me at Joe Wegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T, at xzbn.net. For more information, you can also visit my websites, 
www.paranormalpeace.com or www.reikichoice, that's R-E-I-K-I, choice.com. Our guest this hour has been Chris Thomas, and Chris Thomas can be reached by email at humanetacticalsolutions at yahoo.com. He also has two websites, kjk-karate.com and Pressurepoint Tai Chi, all one word, Pressurepoint, T-A-I-C-H-I dot com. So, Chris, before we uh, take off today, how can we increase the flow of chi? Can we do that by meditation? Is it, is it handled by diet? How do, how do we experience for ourselves that, uh, that energy that we call chi? Well, um, if we understand that the, that the linguistic origin of the word chi is related to the word for breath um, in just across every single culture, I mean, breath, spirit, breath, spirit, breath, spirit, in culture after culture, it, that gives us the first clue. You want to build your energy, you start by controlling your breathing. So for me, the, the first place that you begin is, is breath control techniques, and there are scads of them. Um, and then we begin to add other aspects. Like, for example, we know from martial arts practice that certain positions and postures move energy in different ways. And so knowing just how to stand, um, we, we have... Uh, a lot of um, uh, times when I'm when I'm training people, most martial artists, it's weird. You know, they supposedly spend all this time working on stances, you know, and and yet they they're not standing right. And when I fix them and get them in the right stance, suddenly there you'll see their bodies, their body alignment will will just kind of lock into place. Their shoulders will relax, and they're busy thinking about the fact that some muscle on their leg is hurting. But all of a sudden, their body is relaxed and soft and pliable, and the energy is moving really freely. So there's a lot about posture and relaxation that's incredibly important. Um, though you can think of it this way, the top half relaxed, the bottom half like a mountain, uh, the, because we have to stand. So our stances are stable and strong, and, our, and the top is relaxed and sunk and when you get those things right, if all you do is breathe and stand well, you're going to start really moving your energy. Then we add the component, I think, of intention. Intention to me is really so so critical. Um, as a Tai Chi practitioner, you know, for years I'd been told, move your chi into your hand, move your chi into your feet. Never, never could do it. And uh, after I met uh, uh, Sensei Dillman, he, you know, he said right from the beginning, he said, oh, the pressure points are all found in Tai Chi. And it never occurred to me to go look at my Tai Chi. I just was busy pouring through my, uh, my forms that came out of the Okinawan traditions. But one day I was doing Tai Chi. I was just in my backyard doing Tai Chi, and I was in the middle of one of the movements, and I suddenly said to myself, oh, my goodness, I know what this is for. And I could literally see in my mind what points I was hitting and how that worked. And so I started doing the form, and I went on to the next piece of it, and I, I knew what this is for, and I went on to the next piece. And I, at each movement kind of opened itself up to me. I shouldn't say each movement. I know that 
some of them I went, I have no idea what this is, but I'll figure it out someday. But as I went through, I could see these actions and how they applied. And when I got done with the form, I was just focused on picturing in my mind what I was doing as application. When I got done with the form, I looked at my hands, and my hands were bright red because for the first time doing Tai Chi, my Chi had actually moved. And this is the power of intention, that, that knowing how to move your intention is, is incredibly uh, significant. Then there's a ton of other practices and techniques, um, you know, uh, things that you can say, um, people call mantras. Uh, in the Western tradition, in the Western Christian tradition, there's something known as a breath prayer, which uh, in my own practice I find incredibly useful and very, very powerful. Uh, and these are ways of moving energy. And, you know, if, especially if you start including into your practice of breathing and posture and energy movement, uh, start including spiritual components, it becomes, it becomes a spiritual practice as well as a simple health practice. I, it is possible to practice Qigong on a, you know, what you might call a strictly secular level, but why? You know, you're standing there and you're uh, in that moment of centered place. Why not, you know, reach out beyond to, uh, to, you know, to the divine? Why just stand there and breathe? So for me, it becomes a literal part of my prayer life is um, linking the practice of what we call qigong with these traditional practices in the in the Christian tradition of um, prayer and breath and seeking the face of the Almighty. And it's a tremendously powerful practice, and it it allows you to live in a much more centered and healthy way. Can you briefly describe what this uh, breath prayer is and how that works? Oh, sure, sure. It's actually people who who grow up in Christian traditions are, probably already know it. It's likely the second oldest uh, Christian prayer in continuous usage. The oldest would be what we call the Lord's Prayer. The second oldest prayer goes like this, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, which means... Um, uh, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. And all you do is you take a breath. And as you exhale, you, you repeat the prayer. And each time you inhale, you exhale and repeat the prayer. And you use that as a kind of anchoring place as you breathe and focus and open yourself up to, you know, the grace of the divine. And it's, it's incredibly simple to do. Uh, it, it's, and there are ways to modify it for folks who don't come from a Christian tradition but still want to include it as that sort of practice as part of their um, uh, you know, spiritual connection. They can find breath prayers. Every tradition has some version of a breath prayer. Uh, and I've just found that to be so incredibly useful that as I, as I use that practice, it, it really keeps me in a centered place, a strong place, and... I feel the movement. I feel the movement of that energy. Um, and I also use it, uh, there's a, I, I, that prayer for me and that practice for me is so powerful that I use it a lot, um, you know, as a Christian uh, clergyman. I engage in a, I'm supposed to pray for people who are sick, lay hands on them and anoint them with oil. And as I do that, I use that prayer as a way to stay focused and centered in that moment of praying for somebody's healing. And I've just found these uh, practices to be incredibly 
powerful and effective. And I keep noticing how all of the lines blur. You know, we like to we like to draw a line and say this is sacred, this is secular. You know, you know the profane and the, here's science and here's metaphysics and here's religion and here's philosophy over here and then here's practical capitalism and socialism and cap you know communism and all the sort of isms of our world and all of a sudden these lines start to blur and disappear and everything starts to integrate and become become a whole and that's how that's how I choose to be living in this world I'm going to live in a kind of whole and consistent way, I'd just as soon be basically the same person in every setting, not like putting on a show for people or trying to be one kind of person one place and a different kind of person somewhere else. Breathing and praying and um, standing and moving and um, you know the two sides of that strange coin, a martial art which has the capacity to knock somebody out without actually harming them, which is a wonderful characteristic of pressure point uh, techniques. Uh, on the one hand, uh, and living a life of compassion on the other hand, these, these things just they begin to become part of a coherent whole. And for me, that's an incredibly valuable and powerful practice. Now, as a, um, as a member of the clergy, have you, during your training in, into that field, is the energy, along with some of those breath prayers and some of that stuff, is that even brought up in that training? Or is it is it so, uh, like what you said, secular and so separated that it, it's basically a prayer that is taught, but you made more of it? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say that I, I had to make the connection to, um, to my Qigong practice. And in part, it's because uh, I, I describe myself as being incredibly lazy. Uh, I'm a guy who, who's really driven to get a lot of stuff done, but I'm really lazy, so I have to find the most efficient ways to do it. So I could spend you know, time praying, and then I could spend time tweeting Qigong. And I said, well, why should I do that? Why don't I just put them together? Uh, just because you know, there's no reason I can't do them at the same time. And sure enough, they fit together. So that's, you know, granted in, in uh, the course of training, uh, I learned about different prayer modalities and ways in which people have prayed throughout the Christian tradition. You know, so I knew about the breath prayer for a long time. But when I linked it up with my Qigong, it just made it even smarter, more efficient, more effective. And I, that was a wonderful uh, piece to my personal practice. So, Do you also practice... Uh... Uh, acupuncture. Um, so I, I, the best I could do is to describe myself as a, uh, a as an apprentice. Um, so it, that what that means is that I know way more about acupuncture than I should. In fact, when I first uh, walked into the door of my acupuncturist, who's now a good friend of mine and a Tai Chi student of mine, uh, when I walked into the door, I said, "I need you to stick needles." In